Welcome back to another great episode of Catch Ups in My Kitchen. I'm Georgia, host of the podcast and founder of Greedy Vegan. This week I'm joined by Marissa, co-founder of Perfect Ted, the matcha and natural energy drink brand, which is spreading positive energy across the UK. I mean this quite literally as Marissa and co-founder Teddy have just featured in the latest episode of Dragon's Den, where they received five offers from the dragons and since then they have been selling out everywhere and their world really has been turned upside down in the best way possible so i was really excited and honored to have marissa here today sharing their story talking all things matcha and also a bit of a behind the scenes of what dragon's den was really like so i hope you enjoyed the episode and have a lovely rest of your day hi thank you so much for coming on I'm so excited to talk all things perfect head how are you I am so excited to be here thank you Georgia you're welcome so to start things off do you mind giving us you're used to this a quick elevator pitch on (laughs) who you are and what you do sure so I'm Marissa I'm the chief energy officer of perfect head and perfect head is a brand that is spreading positive energy through matcha green tea and we have introduced Europe's first matcha green tea-based energy drinks made entirely from real fruit juices, British sparkling water, and matcha. I love this, insane. I'm a really big matcha lover now, but that's only until recently. Mm. It's taken me a while, but we'll get onto that in a minute. So I wanna start things off with a quick fire round about all things food. Okay. So sweet or savory? Ooh, sweet. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Overloaded salad. Crisps or popcorn? Popcorn. Ice cream or sorbet? Ice cream. Vegan ice cream though. Yeah. (laughs) Cook in or eat out? Cook in. And favorite delivery? Ooh. Probably honey sushi. Good one. Yeah. Yeah, sushi. I get that often. Can't beat it. (laughs) So I want to kind of start with actually life before Perfect Ted. So could you explain a bit about what you were doing and what life was like before before this? So I'm from New York. And I, I grew up there. I then went to Philadelphia for university, which is actually where I met my co-founders, Levi and Teddy. And I, I guess I can go into that later, um, but that's kind of where my matcha obsession began. And after university, I went to work in real estate private equity. That was really interesting. Yeah. A, lot of, um, a lot of long hours. Um, you know, difficult work days, but I learned a lot. I think eventually I was a bit burnt out and it was COVID. I felt like I needed a change. I wanted to move to London. Levi and I had been dating at this point for five years. So felt like I had a reason to go, applied for grad school, went to Imperial Business School, got my master's in innovation, entrepreneurship and management. And that's when we started the business. Amazing, I love that. and. You have mentioned, well, I've done a bit of research, and you have mentioned that you struggled with ADHD and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Do you mind talking a bit about how you struggled with this and how it's affected your life so far? Sure. So I, it was very clear from a young age that I had ADHD. I found it very difficult to focus in class. I was always that really chatty student who got not told off, but 
you know, very respectfully told to settle down, Marissa, in class and stop speaking to your friends. Um, I also am, you know, notoriously bad with time management, uh, which is a really common kind of symptom of ADHD. I also, you know, ADHD and, and anxiety are often concomitant. And so it was very obvious that I was struggling with both. And I think several aspects of my ADHD were making me anxious, like my inability to focus. And then I would feel like I had no idea what was going on. And then I was, you know, all over the place and then it would, it would make me anxious. So both kind of went hand in hand, which was really interesting. Mm. Um, I actually eventually was medicated and that made a massive difference in my life. Um, I think that often, especially in America, medication is very accessible, almost too accessible, but mm. I was fortunate enough to be under the care of a doctor who was evaluating me over the course of several years. And it wasn't until it was becoming really, really difficult to deal with that I needed to take something. Um, but I think eventually I really wanted to kind of try going off of it. And that's when I looked to other sorts of kind of, you know, diet, I guess, and thinking caffeine would help increase my alertness, um, which is why I then turned to coffee and energy drinks, which yes. is the best solution if you have anxiety. 100%. God, I mean, I know for me, I don't really suffer with anxiety, but obviously if you've been out and you may have had a few drinks, you might wake up and you're like, oh my God, I call yeah. it the fear. Like everything is making you think, feel super anxious. Yeah. The thought of having a coffee oh my God, it makes things 10 times worse. So much worse. So, so much worse. explain kind of like your coffee to matcha journey. Sure. So I got to college and we went to the University of Pennsylvania. It's a very rigorous school and we would work 12 hour days in the library. Kid you not. And I needed something because I was exhausted. Firstly, especially freshman year, you are partying you're trying to make friends you're just acclimating to a new environment and so it's it's really exhausting and you're also trying to keep up with a really crazy workload i needed something to help give me energy to keep my energy levels consistent but also to help keep me focused and alert and i turned to coffee i started drinking a lot of it and then i would drink energy drinks you know later at night if i kind of wanted something a bit sweeter um and i could not function. I mean, my friends would come up to me in the library and they would just see me shaking at the table. It was really, it was bad. And eventually a girlfriend of mine who did not go to the same university as me, but I would call her all the time and tell her I'm, I was struggling. And she was like, have you heard of matcha? It's really good for you and it's caffeinated. Uh, it's a type of green tea. It has all these antioxidants, but it doesn't make you have jitters or crashes. I really didn't believe her actually because that just didn't sound like it was possible. Too good to be true. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually I found it um, at a coffee shop kind of a few blocks away from campus. Tried it for the first time. And then I bought my own. I think I found it on Amazon and then started making it myself, um, making it a bit stronger than you would find in a cafe. And I just fell in love with it because I felt so energized. I actually felt so consistently energized. Um, so one of the benefits of matcha is that it gives you sustained energy. And I also felt more focused. I was 
better at task switching. That's another, sorry, ADHD symptom that it's really difficult to switch tasks. Mm. So the time between task switching is much longer than it would be for a normal person or a person who does not struggle with ADHD. Um, no one's normal. That's true. That's true. And um, I also just felt way less anxious. I actually felt calmer in a, in a very strange sense. It was like I was, I was like, I was so zoned in on what I was doing, but everything else felt very kind of free. Does mm, that make sense? Definitely, definitely. I think it's something that I think I need to experiment more with because. I like a matcha when I'm out. I don't mm. make it in because mm. we'll get to this, but I think there's a real art to good matcha. The powder quality, the way you make it, which we'll, we'll definitely yes. get onto. Um, and I've got a really lovely coffee machine and I love my coffee. I love the beans. I love making it. I've got these really cute cups. Yeah. I love the whole process. Yeah. But I do, and I like a strong one as well. Mm. And I do sometimes feel like I'm working and I'm 100 miles an hour and I'm like, got so much momentum and I'm go 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 and I don't crash because I can only have one coffee and that literally lasts me all day um I have it at about 10 and that's that's good for me but I definitely feel super hyperactive Mm. and I have a natural energy anyway because I feel like that's diet related and I think being predominantly plant-based I have a lot of energy but I do feel like I've suddenly got this like fire in me after a coffee and I mm. cannot stop and mm. I do think it'd be interesting to do like a week maybe just on matcha and just to see how my kind of like performance and productivity changes I think it would be interesting because I think maybe one thing with coffee is you get sudden burst and then maybe it peters out yes. and if you have another one sudden burst and which definitely works for some people but I do think I definitely feel great after a matcha I just yes. don't have it consistently enough to be able to be like, yeah, this is it. I challenge you to try that test because we've had so many people do the same and they have found that it just gives them such consistent energy. They feel more productive. They don't crash. Even if you're not realizing it, sometimes when you're drinking coffee, for for some people, I mean, I have obviously a more extreme response to coffee, but I think for some people, they feel that it's normal and eventually they just get pretty tired and and they think it's a product of of their day being busy and them just being really active but a lot of the time it has to do with the caffeine that is like suddenly leaving their body and they're no longer amped up on on caffeine so Mm. I think it would be an interesting test to try yeah but one of the reasons why I think our drinks have been so popular and our powder as well Um, within offices is because it's helping fuel productivity within offices to give people that consistent energy throughout the day definitely and I think touching on kind of the quality of matcha I think Mm. I remember the first time I had matcha I had it from Starbucks nothing wrong with Starbucks but their matcha is not the one like it's just no so actually on that it's not real matcha at starbucks okay there we go that just sums <laughs> it all up doesn't Spoiler it Spoiler alert. yeah <laughs> it's um it's green tea powder so okay. and it's from china not japan and provenance with matcha is really important because the growing conditions are vital to ensuring the quality of the matcha um mm. and so you get the finest growing conditions in japan um as opposed to china or taiwan or any of these other places that it's being grown amazing that just makes much more sense yeah and i think like when you're starting to have coffee for the first time 
your matcha journey has got to kind of mirror that because I remember when I first when I was younger I think I had like a caramel latte (laughs) or something like that to like introduce me to the world of coffee and I was like oh wow sweet and then suddenly kind of like went down 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 to like cappuccino with like a sugar in it and then you know now it's like black black and raw and all of that (laughs) I think matcha is the same I think the first time I liked matcha was, was when I had it with coconut milk. Because mm. I was like, wow, there's a sweetness to this. And I think if you're not used to the bitterness of green tea, I mean, mm. I drink green tea anyway and I really enjoy it. But if you're not used to that bitterness, which might be more bitter or less bitter depending on which mm. kind of matcha you're having, having it with coconut milk or maybe a bit of a sweetener is a really good way to kind of start the journey. Because I know Absolutely. a lot of people say, oh, but I just don't like matcha. Right. But I guess it's kind of where your energy drinks come in because you've got these real fruit, it's not additives, but like combinations, Mm -hmm. should I say, which kind of give you the different tones to enjoy matcha with. Is that kind of why you've done that? You have hit the nail on the head because that is exactly why we created these drinks. So that is one of the main barriers to people trying matcha is the taste. And it's funny because as you mentioned, when you first drank coffee for the first time, did you immediately fall in love with the bitter taste of the of the burnt beans probably not um but you you eventually get used to it after having it with you know more flavorful kind of um combinations so that's why we created these three flavors Um, we have apple raspberry pear ginger and pineapple yuzu uh, that all complement the flavor of matcha really nicely but they're more familiar they're juice and people are familiar with the taste of juice. And so by combining it with these flavors that people are familiar with, eventually we feel they'll feel the effects of the drink and then they'll say, okay, well now I can start making my own matcha or having it with milk. And then, you know, I have it as a tea now. Um, Mm. So I guess I've done the same kind of progression that a coffee drinker would, but just with matcha. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think once you're kind of in that world then like making a matcha latte is such a beautiful process with like the brush and like I mean there's different ways that you can make it but kind of making that concentrate and then adding your milk and then the color and there is so many beautiful parts to it just like when you make a nice coffee but it is definitely a journey so perfect head so you mentioned kind of your journey from coffee to matcha but then why perfect head like what was that flick switch moment when you were like we need to create this product. Sure. So I introduced Matcha to Levi and Teddy. They were um, D1 athletes at UPenn uh, playing soccer, (laughs) American soccer. And they found that it helped them with their sports performance. And they stopped drinking coffee and energy drinks as well. So when we all were working in finance after graduating, we all used matcha to help us kind of power through our long working days. Although I have to say at the beginning, when my office did not have matcha, I I did revert back to coffee and I just realized how horrible it made me feel again. Mm. And I was like, I can't do this. So I started bringing my own matcha in. (laughs) I love that. But when I moved to London, I mentioned I, I, I went to Imperial Business School for a master's in innovation, entrepreneurship and management. And I was... I was kind of itching to do something on on my own. Teddy was working as a consultant at Bain and Company. And I think we realized that there were just no quality matcha options on the market. So we all moved in together. Um, Boyfriend, brother, best friend, three, you know, the three amigos. And we would make these massive vats of matcha in our house. 
Um, we'd also go out to coffee shops and try to order it. Unfortunately, could not find any. So, and when we would find matcha, it was so bitter and grassy and we just knew it wasn't high quality. So we thought there must be a better way. We started looking into different farms in Japan, asking for samples. Um, we must have tasted about a hundred different matcha powders. And we finally found one that we were like, this is really good. We should try to bring this to people everywhere. And we thought that the most accessible way of putting it out into the market would be in the form of a, of a ready to drink beverage. So we started working with a beverage developer. At this point, we were kind of like, I think we should start a business. Yeah, yeah, I think we should. It kind of just evolved, and we did a lot of research into the into the market as well. After looking at um, the natural energy space as well, um, I was really disappointed by the options there too. So we started working with the beverage developer, made commercially viable recipes, um, and then kind of just got started from there. But to go back for a second, looking at the natural energy space, which I did as a result of not being able to find quality matcha anywhere really, um, I thought, okay, if I can't find matcha, maybe there are other caffeinated drinks that are more functional and provide the kind of energy that I'm looking for, jitter, crash, anxiety-free energy. Could not find any. Instead, I found energy drinks that were natural in their ingredients, but that didn't really have that other functionality to it and were not packaged in a brand that made me feel like I wanted to hold the can and mm. proudly represent that brand. Um, a lot of the brands out there are hyper-masculine in the energy space, and they don't really resonate with a large majority of the population. So mm. I think that's where we also saw an opportunity to create a brand that felt more accessible to people. 100%, I completely agree. and. I'm really interested in why you chose sparkling energy matcha rather than latte in a in a can. Because when I first, first, first saw Perfect Ted matcha, I immediately thought latte in a can. And then I was like, sparkling? I was like, <laughs> what is this brand? Yeah. And I was so curious. So obviously you have your powder, but what was the choice to make it this sparkling energy rather than a latte? Sure. So at first we actually were going to create a latte and a tea and we were going to actually put them in a Tetra pack, which is the same carton used for coconut water. Mm -hmm. So we were going down that route and then we, we did more research into the natural energy drink market, soft drinks generally. And we found that lattes were actually not being picked up off the shelf as frequently as energy drinks were. So interesting stat, one, I believe it's one in three people drink energy drinks pretty regularly, wow. um, which is very, very crazy. I did not about. know that. Yeah. So, and about 70% of the UK feels, reports feeling tired more than half the day. So energy is the most sought after functional um, benefit to any food and beverage product. Uh, the grocer came out with with really interesting data just a few months ago that that also points to this. So we saw a real opportunity kind of to like own the energy aspect of the drink. And I think by positioning it as an energy drink, and when you think of an energy drink, they're typically sparkling. 
Um, they're typically, you know, a bit sweeter in flavor. I think when we compared the taste profile of a sparkling fruity matcha energy drink to a latte, it was a little bit sweeter naturally, of course, just from the fruit juice, but we felt that it could just be more of a stepping stone for people to like enter the matcha market than a latte. Mm. We almost think the latte is the second stage, if that makes sense. Completely. It's like going back to that journey. It's like infusing it with something is going to make it more it's going to break down that barrier for consumers so that makes a lot of sense because they'll drink it thinking oh apple raspberry they won't and they'll be like oh matcha too exactly it's like a secondary for instance with um with one of our partners blank street coffee we're launching a blueberry matcha latte with them because it is more of of an entry point Mm. it is exactly what you're saying with the caramel latte frappuccino um it's like the caramel latte frappuccino of matcha yeah Um, and it's giving people kind of that that entry point so a hundred percent and actually i think this really mirrors a lot of like the plant-based products on the market Mm. at the moment so you know we always a lot of people talk about the mock meats and what it's about and what people people's views are on it and actually I think this is just part of another process Mm. like the end point isn't going to be a mock chicken it isn't going to be a mock sausage it's going to be something completely unique but for people to understand this journey they have to think of it as something that they know already so going back to the matcha like blueberry latte sounds great if it was just like a matcha latte they might not pick it up whereas like a plant-based protein if you called it like blob they're gonna be like i'm not gonna eat blob right whereas like they're gonna eat chicken or whatever because it sounds familiar and it's just part of this consumer journey because you know match has traveled all the way from the monks exactly and like that's a long way away from rainy drizzly cold london where we are right now (laughs) exactly and so it's part of a journey so i think um yeah it's a really smart smart move and it's interesting because as you mentioned it obviously has such a rich cultural history to it and we are really trying to preserve that but we also need to package it in such a way that it's accessible to a modern day audience and we feel that we're achieving that by putting them into these drinks with really delicious accessible flavors no a hundred percent so i now want to ask about the health benefits of matcha because obviously we've got like it doesn't give you the jitters you don't crash sustainable energy but there are others as well could you touch on like why why should we be drinking matcha other than the fact that we have sustained energy sure so obviously you mentioned sustained energy but it also really the the two main compounds within matcha that give it its incredible health benefits are l-theanine and the EGCG um, antioxidant catechin. So I'll start with L-theanine. L-theanine has been found in combination with caffeine to extend energy throughout the body. So it actually slows the release of the caffeine through the bloodstream. Um, And this is obviously preferred because you're not putting as much strain on your cardiovascular system. Your energy is being extended throughout the day. Um, So typically, caffeine or the caffeination from matcha lasts around four to six hours as opposed to one to three from coffee um but l-theanine also stimulates your brain's production of dopamine and serotonin and it stimulates your brain's production of alpha brain waves and alpha brain waves are the same brain wave that are, that are reached during meditation wow. so they're known to be a calming more focused 
brainwave. And this is one of the reasons why monks drank matcha before meditation, because it actually helped improve their focus while meditating. And meditating really is the art of paying attention and concentrating on almost nothingness. Um, and I have a very, you know, devout meditation practice. So, mm. and I, obviously matcha helps me with it. So, yeah. but <clears throat> this is one of the benefits of L-theanine. Also, um, EGCG, the catechin, has been found to support bone health, um, reduce cancer risk. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, um, but there has been an extraordinary amount of research into the the power of this catechin. Um, matcha has 50 times the antioxidant concentration of spinach per gram. So it wow. is a very powerful plant. It's actually one of the highest concentrations of any plant in the world. Um, but it's been found, as, as I said, to improve bone health, to reduce cancer risk, to improve immunity, to improve, um, I, I think, liver its liver support as well. Um, there are loads of benefits to it. And, mm. you know, antioxidants in general, they, they help reduce oxidative stress. So it's just, it's a very good, like, detoxifying agent through your body. Um, so you're getting loads of other health benefits beyond just the longer lasting energy. Also, you know, antioxidants, of course, are great for your skin. They're great for anti-aging. So there are just loads of health benefits. I feel sometimes like I almost like I'm in a, an American infomercial when I'm talking about all the benefits <laughs> of it, like, um, you know, QVC or whatever, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there are just so many that sometimes it's, it's like, where do you begin and which which elements do you focus on? Yeah. Hey guys, just a quick one on the topic of energy. If you feel like you're a bit sluggish, sometimes lack that natural energy, as well as trying to switch your morning coffee for a matcha, I would also really recommend trying to add more plant-based into your life. As I always feel like I have a great energy and feel very vibrant, and I really do believe this is down to my diet. So please check out Greedy Vegan, have a look at the alternatives that we stock, and maybe some of them could work for you. So check us out at www.greedyvegan.uk. So that was one thing that was quite difficult for us in the beginning of our brand journey. What are we focused on? And I think the energy aspect is obviously the main element but there are obviously so many other health benefits to matcha that we would love to shout about. Yeah, I think what you mentioned about consumers lacking energy, that's the one thing that they they need and they desire, that makes sense for shouting about that because it's going to be the one thing that consumers are going to pick off that shelf. So that makes sense. Immunity support is the second. Okay. So that's why we ultimately went with energy. We, we, we based it on market research and also the real, the need that we started, you know, using matcha to fill. Yeah, definitely. So talking about brand journey, can you share about, about why the name Perfect Head? Sure. So when we started the brand, we looked around at all of these other businesses that we felt inspired by. Deliciously Ella, Jimmy's Iced Coffee, Nutty Bruce, my favorite almond milk. Um, and we all realized they had human names in them. And I think there's something really powerful about attaching a human to a brand. Um, I think consumers just connect with it a bit more. Mm. I also think, you know, we're learning now, even from a customer service perspective, when we respond with a video of ourselves or a video of someone on the team and, and people can see that there is a person behind the brand that is actually helping with their inquiry, 
they feel more at ease. They feel a greater sense of attachment to the brand and more like brand affinity. Mm. So I think we really wanted a human name. My name, Marissa, is a bit of mouthful. Levi, taken, unfortunately. Very yes. popular denim brand. And Teddy is a gender neutral name. Everyone kind of knows a Teddy. It's a, it's a cute, familiar name. And we felt that it was a play on words with perfected and perfect 10. Um, yeah. And one of the the things that we like is that a conversation always kind of starts with, is it perfect, Ted? Is it perfected? And we like that. It causes this confusion almost because people then question it. Oh, which one is it? Um, and we're really on this journey of, of introducing perfected products into the world. So yes. that, that's the reason. I love that. I hadn't even thought of perfected. It's funny how like you see things differently, like different people would see it as perfected yeah. or perfect, Ted. I love that. And so... All three of you, can you share a bit about how you all kind of met? Sure. I met Teddy on the first day of college and we didn't really hit it off right away, but we eventually (laughs) became best friends. Um, I started dating his brother about six months later. We've been in a long-term relationship for seven years and Teddy and I, you know, we're the same age. We have the same friends. So we've all just been incredibly close for the past seven years. Um, I moved in with them when I moved to London. We've been living together for two and a half years. So yeah, that's kind of, and they're brothers. They're, I mean, amazing. Yeah. I think if you can live with someone, it shows a lot about the dynamic. I think living with people can be really challenging. Yes. You can't live with your best friend because that doesn't always work. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But to be able to live with someone, you know that you're kind of balancing is is working. So then to be able to work with someone, you know it's already going to work because you can live with them. Exactly. It's so so funny that you say that because I genuinely think living with Teddy because Levi still has a full-time job, so he's only part-time on the business, but Teddy and I are full-time managing the day-to-day operations. And I think it's actually such a strength that we do live together because our communication is just so effective. Mm. We know each other so well. We know what each other likes. We know how we like to be spoken to. Um, And I literally, I know where he is. I know what he's doing. So I have a lot of insight into his life and it actually just helps us manage the day-to-day operations much easier. Yeah, Yeah, no, definitely. How do you balance it though? So if you're living with them, you know, you're dating, your best friends, you're working, where do you find the balance? Sure. I don't think, I think that this concept of balance is, it can be very far-fetched um, when you have a startup. I think there is no balance right now in all honesty. And I'm okay with that. I think we all are. And we understood that that was the um, the compromise that we would be making. However, I think for anyone who would potentially be looking into going into business with a best friend, with a boyfriend, with a roommate, someone they live with, someone in their family, I think the key to making it a strong and solid relationship is respect. Yeah. And just having kind, um, compassion towards the other person, um, hearing them really hearing them and listening and understand trying to understand them even if you can't try your best Mm. and i really just think having this kind of underpinning of respect in the relationship is massively it's it's crucial otherwise it won't work yeah um because you'll feel resentful 
you will um you know you could you could fight a lot which is just really not productive if you're trying to start a business of course so the respect aspect has been incredibly helpful into making sure our relationship is super tight no i i love that now I want to talk a bit about Dragon's Den. Okay. So people listening have may have seen it already. If you haven't, definitely please watch it. Could you share a bit about why did you decide to go on that program? Because that is a big decision and a scary decision to make. So what made you decide to go on it? Sure. So we were fortunate to have the opportunity to go on. Um, we were reached out to by the producers of actually a year in advance when we had first launched the concept for the drinks on Kickstarter well before the drinks actually came to market. But the product obviously didn't exist. We didn't feel it was the right time. So we said, we'll we'll reach back out when the product is actually available and we can take it from there. So we got the call five days in advance of actually filming. Wow. Which was... For someone who struggles with anxiety, very anxiety-inducing. And I actually was not going to go on the show. I pulled out about three times from before going on in the span of five days. I was preparing and helping with you know the forecasts and looking at market research and just trying to have a better understanding of our business. But I at least three times pulled out officially. And... I really think because of my anxiety, I was just allowing myself to talk. I was talking myself out of it because mm-hmm. I was so scared of messing up and of the dragons maybe not liking the product or them just annihilating the business. I've seen so many episodes, and I'm sure you have too, where they just, it's soul crushing, yeah. where they just shit on the business and they're like we don't see we don't see a need for this yeah and that can really be harmful to your business um for there are four to seven million viewers on for each episode so that's really impactful um i think teddy always wanted to go on and this was in part inspired by his best friend jack who passed away um unfortunately at a very young age and Jack loved the show. Jack himself was an entrepreneur and he felt that it was, it had always been Teddy's dream to go on the show. And especially because of Jack, I think he felt he, he needed to, to kind of do him proud. And I'm so proud of Teddy for, for going on and and doing it. But I think for me, my, I have a lot mental illness in my family. And I think sometimes I've kind of taken my parents' struggles as my own and tell myself certain things about about myself and my own capabilities and I think sometimes I I talk myself out of things and tell myself I can't do certain things because of of my history and my where I come from but eventually I just sucked it up and I was like you know what this I believe so much in the business and and I think it could be so impactful to shout about this kind of energy that people really could benefit from Mm. i mean there are so many people who suffer from the negative side effects of caffeine from coffee and energy drinks and if they learned about our drink and they switched to this they could feel so much better Mm. and i think i was really motivated by the idea of helping people and also shouting about adhd and anxiety on a national stage because i think just by spreading awareness about the conditions it really helps destigmatize certain mental ailments so and and really 
sheds light on neurodiversity and how it should be acceptable. So these were the motivating factors that finally pushed me over the edge and we went on. Um, and I'm so glad that we did. I don't regret it for a second. And I'd highly recommend to anyone who has the opportunity to go on or is thinking about applying, do it because it could just be so great for your business. No, I mean, that, I mean, it's just I, four to seven million people watching. That is terrifying. But can you please share a bit about like the behind the scenes? Because sure. what I saw was you guys absolutely smashing it all of the dragons loving it um two offers no four offers five, five offers <laughs> where was the where, where, i missed where, two, i missed two a dragon accepted. two accepted, two accepted yeah. five offers just but i mean i'm sure there was a lot more to it than that so can you explain a bit more about what we didn't see sure for starters teddy had glandular fever while we were filming so what you didn't see was him um taking his glass of water from the side every five minutes because he couldn't speak oh bless Um, him but he pulled through um it was about an hour and a half of filming so what you didn't see was the really the grilling of our financial projections market data um more product-based questions um there was a lot and i actually think I've, i've read some of the comments online on certain articles and they People are saying, oh, well, they they weren't treated unfairly. They weren't asked difficult questions about their finances. We were we were asked very many questions about our financial projections. Um, so that's something that you did not see. You also wouldn't have seen that we had to film for about an hour just walking up to the elevator, pressing the button. Um, it's not a real elevator, by the way. Oh, really? It's just sliding doors. Oh my God, I yeah, love that. Yeah. Demystifying that whole experience. Yeah. And um, so you, you wouldn't have seen that. Um, it's a real operation they're running there. I mean, it's it's an incredible production. And I think I was really blown away by how caring the production staff is. Mm. They give you your own dressing room. They ask you whatever food you want. You can have it. They um, put you up in a hotel because it's filmed in Manchester. So we were coming from London. Um, all in all, it was a really, they give you hair and makeup. So it was a very, Teddy got some as well. Love that. It was a very, very um, good experience behind the scenes. Mm. So I think just the one thing that a lot of people don't know is that the 13 minute pitch that they saw on television is really not what happened though. Yeah. Um, and I think, think, if you really think about it, it would be rather crazy to agree to an investment only in 13 minutes. Of course. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And did you walk in with a particular dragon in mind or were you super open-minded? I think we always knew that Steven could bring so much value to our brand, just considering he is a marketing genius. He's he's an expert in what he does and his team is incredible. We also knew Peter could bring a lot in terms of distribution. And so I think we, we went in with those two dragons in mind. Um, and so we're so grateful that we were able to, to get a deal with both of them. Yeah, no, of course. So now you've got the deals. What's next for Perfect Head? Where where are you guys going now? Sure. I said on the Den World Domination. Exactly. And, and I stand by that. We, we're already available in nine countries. Um, that is 
kind of growing by the week, excitingly. And we're available nationwide with Tesco. We just launched in their meal deal, which we're super excited about because we're giving people the option to have healthier energy with their with their lunch deal in a really accessible way from both a physical availability standpoint and a price standpoint. Mm. Um, and so we're really excited about partnering with them. We have other exciting retailer launches coming up. We have NPD coming out on the matcha powder front and our matcha powder will soon be widely available um, across the country. So we're super excited. About I that. love it. So people listening people watching dragons Den, they might be like oh wow like it just sounds so easy can you give us a bit of an insight on like the journey in terms of like i know from my personal experience you have massive highs and you also have lows so can you just share a bit about that like it's not it may or it may it might be but it might not all be as it seems sure it is definitely not all as it seems, and we really are trying to shed a light on that. I think one thing we are trying to do more with our content is expose the kind of troubles and tribulations of having a small business and, and scaling it. But people wouldn't know that a week before we went into our first production, there was a fire in our factory, and we had to scale up production about 10 times the size of the initial run we were supposed to do. Wow. Which is really scary when you put all of your money into this and really just left a, a stable life to, to embark on this very risky journey. And there's a lot of stress that comes along with it, especially as you start to employ people, you become responsible for other people and making sure that they can also benefit from the journey and that they're learning and that they're happy their welfare is so important so there are just so many elements that i think you know when you're first starting out and it's just you know either you alone or you have a partner and it's just the two of you or the three of you however many people it is as it's so difficult and you think it's never gonna be that hard again, right? Because it's so, it's just pure graft. Mm. But it actually, I think as you get bigger, the problems just become bigger, right? Yeah. And the stakes become larger and the money involved becomes way more significant. And it, it, it can be scary sometimes. And sure, we have sleepless nights, but I think we're just so excited because we see such a need for the product and I think having the buy-in of these of these large retailers and also of having five offers on the den which was the first of the series the season um, is really meaningful and it shows that other people who are clearly you know experienced in what they do and actually have so much insight into the category especially buyers at these supermarkets um to to have their buy-in and to say yes there actually is a need for this it's so it, it just it gives us so much confidence and i think that is what continues to power us through knowing that we're helping people just seeing you know now that we've been on the den and, and people are buying it in bulk which is amazing and and we're getting so much feedback here the feedback is is like a drug it genuinely yeah. it fills us with pure elation because people are saying wow I've never felt so so good I don't have to suffer from the coffee jitters or anything like that anymore like I I, I have anxiety and I've never been able to find something that works for me this has helped me so much mm. it means the world to know that we're helping people so that's kind of 
even as hard as it gets, that is what is pushing us through. Definitely. I think that you know how great the product is and like all three of you are so passionate. And then sometimes you're like, but are we in this little bubble? Like, are we the only ones? And when you get that security and that yes, 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 yes by the dragons who get, you know, presented by different products and different people and different brands all the time. And then you've got people like Tesco who are huge giants in the space and they'll also be presented by different brands, different products. But for them to be like, yes, we want perfect head. It's like the must be the best feeling of like security and like yeah okay we're on to something here so I mean I think you guys have done such a good job and it's so exciting where you guys are going I love it we we obviously have you know I wouldn't say security because I think now the hard work really starts of of trying to get it off the shelf everyone says the Mm. easier part is getting it on the shelf it's harder to get it off the shelf so that's I think now is when the real test starts and luckily you know, thanks to Dragonstone, we've been selling out in a lot of stores. Um, but I really think it's up to just kind of shouting about the brand and um, shouting about the the effects of the product. And hopefully because people have such a positive experience with the drink, it'll be a, a really great word of mouth marketing exercise where people just talk about it and they recommend it to their friends. So yeah, that's what we're hoping to that see. is the best form of marketing, 100%. Yeah. So we always finish with the same question and it's about food. So I'd love to ask, what would your last meal be? Start at main course and dessert. Ooh, okay, here we go. Starter would be probably a tuna tataki dish. Nice. But maybe fake tuna. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm weaning off of fish. Yeah. And then it's I tough. think it is tough. <laughs> it's very tough. I actually think a cauliflower steak for my main. Yes. I love with a little bit of tahini. Um, I just, that is my absolute go to. I just yeah. love that. And then for dessert, Ooh, plant-based sticky toffee pudding. Oh, good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, Marissa, thank you so much for coming on and thank sharing you your so incredible journey. I'm really excited to see you guys grow and grow and grow. And yeah, you're on a really exciting journey. So congratulations. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed the episode. If like me, you are keen to try a matcha challenge and see how you feel, please check out the starter pack that Perfect Ted have on their website. It comes with a matcha powder, scoop and whisk. And it looks like a really great way to kind of start introducing yourself to the world of matcha. So yeah, definitely check it out. But also, as always, if you could please subscribe and follow this podcast, share this episode with your friends, it really makes a huge difference. I'm on such a mission to kind of bring really great, exciting guests onto this podcast, share their products with you, talk all things health, wellness, food, diet, lifestyle, and the more people that follow and share us, the better the guests get. So if you could do that, that would mean the world. Thanks so much and see you again next week. Thank you.